Hi, it's Nick here from the Talk and Power podcast. We are proud to announce Auto One as our brand partner for the podcast. Auto One, it's the one. You can now order online with click and collect or get your order shipped. Head to www.autoone.com.au. Like us at the podcast, Auto One has a passion for cars and all things automotive. They understand your love of cars too. With great prices and the biggest brands you know and trust, they are sure to be able to help you with your project, whether it be replacing your wiper blades, fitting out your four-wheel drive with the latest gear, or rebuilding your dad's old HQ Holden. Not sure on how to install those spotlights? Don't panic. Just head to the website and click on the do-it-yourself videos, and Rico will talk you through the process. From Auto One in Albany, up to Auto One in Caratha, across to Auto One in Townsville, down to Auto One in Hobart, and over 50 stores in between. Auto One has a retail store nearby, with expert advice and the stock on hand. Auto One is committed to bringing you the brands you know and trust at great prices. Coupled with the team's knowledge and experience, Auto One, it's the one. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. All right, welcome to the Talk and Power podcast. This is our weekly motorsport wrap, and we're coming to you on 88.5 FM, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. A big shout out to Auto One. If you're listening to this podcast, make sure you share it on social media. Go on the run in to win a $50 gift card from our friends at Auto One. Hey guys, don't know if you caught Formula One from Spa. It's my favorite Formula One track. It's the, I always ride it here. I love every year I write, look, the Bathurst of Formula One. So I really What about like Monaco? It. No, no, the, the spa is it. It's spa, <laughs> even it's. I reckon it's better than Monza, to be honest. I reckon. What it's, about the tunnel? The tunnel at Monaco. No, no, and all the expensive me. boats. <laughs> no, no Monaco has Monaco has boring now. It's not. Is it's, it? Yeah, because oh, I'd still go. Look, yeah, if I'd, you guys oh, buy me a ticket, I'll go. All right. Oh, I'd be no there worries. in a heartbeat. But um. Yeah, but I'd also like to get to Spa one day. Look, I just want to touch base. Karen Shindok, you know, commentator, ex-Formula One driver. Um, is he able to add further things to his repertoire but to get upset about? If I could hear him talk about how crap Ferrari are and how they're going slower than last year, we get it. We get it, Karun. We get it. They were cheating. We know that. It's It's... Bleeding obvious that last year they were cheating and this year they got found out and this year they're running the proper map. Um, let's just move on. Let's stop talking about it. Ferrari stink. We know that. Oh, they were coming is this almost fuel consumption, Nick? But the FIA said they wouldn't investigate as long as they rectified it and they did and now they're running like crap. Simple as that. <laughs> they overlaid. I mean, he went to the extent of overlaying two videos from the qualifying last year and the qualifying this year. We get it, Curran. We get it. No problems. Let's move on. They're crap this year. We understand. Is he a Mercedes fan, Nick? It sounds like it. It sounds like it. 
anyway, Carlos Sainz as well. He had it. He didn't even make the grid. He like the car was blowing smoke and oil, and it actually blew a header pipe. And I was going to ask you this, like, but I mean, I found that unusual that he managed to crack a header pipe. But would that be? I mean, would that be legit, or is that so? Is that is that are they there? I, I don't know where the turbo's mounted on the Ferrari. No, on this the, is Carlos Sainz, he's, he's McLaren. Oh, sorry, sorry, mate. Sorry, mm. sorry. So what power plant have they got, a Honda? No, this year they're running this year they're running a Renault. They Renault. Will be, they'll have a they'll have a Mercedes next year. Yeah, yeah. I'm mm. not sure where the turbo's mounted, but let's assume that the turbo's mounted in the same place as um, the Mercedes. The Mercedes has it mounted in the valley mm. and it has the kinetic energy or whatever the hell it is thing in between the compressor and the exhaust wheel. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, you know, you would imagine it's probably made out of Inconel or titanium. Um, the potential to crack it is there, I guess, if you, if you yeah. got it, you know, too hot, it cooled down too fast. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, um, you would think considering these teams burn up a half a billion dollars uh, and that's that's a half a billion US, not not Australian pesos. It'd be like I don't know two billion Australian pesos or something uh, every every season. You'd think that the engineers would be able to figure it out so it didn't crack, or they would have tested it enough times mm. that it didn't crack. But but who knows? They still have engine failures. Um, yeah, you know, maybe the GPS unit uh, might have been giving them grief and need to update their Tom Tom. <laughs> Just don't don't do the update that Ferrari did because it's not panning out for them. Anyway, we should move on. We should move on now. Um, it was another masterclass from from Hamilton. Speaking of the man, the great man, he just he he he, um, he led from start <laughs> to end. He's laughing. I'm being good. I'm behaving. I'm I'm just you know, and I'm watching Simon's face. I'm just behaving. Okay. <laughs> Don't bring me into this. <laughs> no, teamwork, Simon. Sorry. Teamwork makes a dream work. You know? I, I, I'm sorry. I can't watch uh, Formula One. I, you know, I, I force myself to watch the V8 supercars from time to time because um, occasionally there's a, um, a change of guard there, but uh, Formula One's a joke at the moment. There's no change into the guard in Formula One, let me tell you. Nah. Look, Dan, I mean, Dan the guy Mc... has won on three wheels. You know what I mean? The guy's no, no, won no, no. on That's three right. wheels. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the only other thing that I wanted to mention, congratulations, Dan Ricciardo came fourth. He got the fastest lap of the race on the last lap as well. And as he said, he beep sent it on the last lap. So well done to Dan. And uh, Alex Albon, now... Todd, you were mentioning before um, regarding uh, Sebastian Vettel, Albon is under some serious pressure now because he's just not yeah. performing in the second Red Bull car. We've got Max Verstappen consistently running right behind uh, Valtteri Bottas, but we're not seeing the same results. There was fourth and fifth, mm. and Albon just wasn't able to challenge, and his, his challenge actually tapered off near the end of the race, and I think he's under some serious pressure because I'm sure Sebastian Vettel will be knocking next year there. At, mm. at, oh, at there we go. Nick, Nick's, Nick's called it. Yeah. yeah. I'm almost, to, I'm, I would almost put money on it, to be honest. Vettel to Red Bull. 
What does yeah. uh, what does Mick Malloy say? Back it. You can't. You can't go wrong. Put your house on it. No, don't <laughs> put do your house actually, on it. You can't don't do go that. wrong. <laughs> Who says it? Mick Malloy on yeah. the front bar. Anyway, hey guys, I don't know if you caught the Indy 500. The Indy 500 took place a couple of weekends ago. I just wanted to mention it. Takumi Sato won the race under caution. It wasn't. It was a disappointing end to the race, actually. I must admit it. With five laps to go, Spencer Pigot crashed quite heavily into the road that comes into the pit and uh, crashed really bad. He actually damaged the interior wall or the the wall on the inside of the pit the pit area and that was enough for them they they, were, they struggled to repair that and anyway the race finished under caution which was a bit disappointing but congratulations to Takuma Sato uh, he takes Indy 500 win second place was uh, Kiwi Scott Dixon third place Graham Rahal and four, fourth place Santino Ferrucci and number fifth was Joseph Newgarden and I also had an honourable mention to Will Power came in 14th he was last year's winner and 21st, Fernando Alonso. So congratulations to them, uh, the Indy 500. And we saw Takuma Sato shower himself as they do in the Indy 500 with the milk. So that was So on, on that <laughs> note, Here we go. Uh, yeah. the, there's been a lot of banter in the, uh, the supercar pits about um, Penske um, getting Aussie drivers uh, into Indy. Mm. Have you heard this, Nick? Yeah, I mean, Scotty McLaughlin will be a mere formality. He'll be over there in, I reckon, next year, to be honest. The transition from, a, you know, from a sedan to an open wheeler? Mm-hmm. No problem for Scotty. He's, he's already done a few test laps in, in Roger's car, one of the yep. cars, and has gone very well in it. So I don't wow. think it's an issue. I don't think it's an issue for him. and Not a problem for Scotty at all. You, do you don't think he'll get confused only turning one way? Don't say that. They do. They do a number of road circuits these days. The um, the indie teams. Oh, this okay. One in particular, I... they do. They do do a number of circuits now. So they yeah. are brought in. And, and Penske owns it. Yeah. Yeah, so, he owns the series. He owns and the series. And he also owns in the Indianapolis track as well. Roger. There you go. Yep. So yeah, he's um, yeah, they place that can hold four hundred thousand people. They had about thirty eight people there on the weekend. So what? The... They're not allowed to have crowds. No, no crowds. So no the crowds. Indy 500 was run with no crowds. No crowd. No. In fact, I did see a little bit of the Indy 500 and I saw the, the empty grandstands and empty grass fields and that was a bit, bit unsettling. I know it's needed, but uh, it was a bit unsettling. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So... Anyway, and just covering off on supercars, to be honest, um, the Saturday race, um, Jamie Wincup coming in first place. Great drive from Jamie. Second place, Cam Waters. He did. Cam Waters had a pretty good weekend, actually, when it was all said and done. Uh, he came fourth in race two and second in race three. In race two, we saw Jamie Wincup take a win. Uh, Chaz Mostert come second in the, in, the, um, in the Commodore. In race three, Scott McLaughlin got the, the job done, qualified better arguably in that race and Cam Waters gets second and Jamie Wincup third but Jamie Wincup takes the round on us because by virtue of winning two races and has narrowed that lead up um, a little bit Scotty McLaughlin's still out ahead but um, Jamie's catching up so they will do another race at Townsville next weekend 
and then they'll be off to the bend for a double header there and then they finish up at Bathurst. So congratulations to those teams. A number of teams are really missing their families. They've already been away from their families for 100 days. So that's, that's quite a significant time away from home. And also, while we're talking supercars, Will Davison, Cam Waters, they announced they'll be teaming up for the Bathurst 1000. One other thing I just want to throw to all you guys is, well, what do you think an XV8 supercar is worth? One that was driven by John Bow and built by John Briggs Motorsport, the first car. How much do you think AU Falcon? AU, was it? AU, AU, the cat car. That's the one. Yep. Yep. That's the cat car, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to say, because it, it didn't really win a lot, did it? No. 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 So I'm going to say quarter of a million. Probably 700 grand. No. I thought that, that's why I thought it would be sort of big money. 135,000 gets you that car. And it wow. comes with radios, old team shirts, a, a spare front clip, and the, um, the, all the air, the air fittings for the, the, the jacks as well. So I thought that I, was a I steal. guess it's because it didn't win much. Yeah. But I well, it didn't win a, anything. I don't think it won a single race. I don't think so either. No. 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 But I think, are we going to see a market emerge? But that, that was the of, beginning of Triple Eight. Of it was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, yep. so, so I guess it has got that going for it. Mm. Um, I thought 135 was a steal for it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do with it? Oh, me? No, I'm, I'm not buying it. No, but I'm, I'm just saying. If you coin for it, I'll, I'll, would you do race with it? it in, um, uh, there's a couple that kick around in streetcar class sedan. or sports sedan up at Wanneroo. One's... Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's not going to be competitive uh, against Riccadello's no. car. No, no, no. You know, I'll tell you a funny story though, boys. I'll tell you a funny story. I was at um, Barbagallo for one of the V8 rounds a long, long, long time ago when, when that car would have been competing and it was raining cats and dogs. Really, yeah. really badly raining, and the uh, V8 supercars were lapping faster than the sports sedans. Yeah, I remember that. So you know, I guess I guess there's more to it than than an extra liter and a thousand less pounds. <laughs> I just think, from a collector's point of view, that might be worth something in a few years' time. But it will be interesting to see how that market goes in in the coming years. But I thought that was still one hundred and thirty-five thousand for that for that AU Falcon. I don't think that that uh, any of the the winning cars you'd pick up that cheap though. No, no. Nah. I saw Jamie James Courtney's um, FG Falcon, which was a two thousand and ten championship winning car which was a triple eight built car but owned by dick johnson racing at the time and they won a championship in it in a triple eight built falcon that went for 650 so yeah that gives you a rough yep. idea of you know that's a championship winning car that was the jim beam car if you've if anyone's forgotten the white M- many would argue that the au is probably the ugliest car that's ever gone around a racetrack anyway mm. yeah 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 I wouldn't be one of those. I still reckon the Subaru Bug Eyes is the ugliest car that's ever gone around a racetrack, but that's just my opinion. The Auto One Customer Loyalty Program, the Auto One Club, has been designed to provide privileges to loyal customers. Head on over to www.autoone.com.au 
and click on the club membership tab or alternatively head into your local Auto One store and ask about the benefits that come with being a loyal Auto One club member. While you're in the store, be sure to check out Auto One's extensive range of impact automotive garage tools, floor mats and coolant. The Impact Automotive range offers quality products at affordable prices. From a 3-ton heavy-duty trolley jack to an adjustable mechanic seat, the Impact Automotive range has a garage tool that'll suit your needs. The range has also well over 20 different types of floor and boot mats to suit your ride. They come in rubber or fabric with a PVC backing to stop slipping. Also in the range is an extensive choice of coolant. Whether it be pre-mixed or concentrate, the long life range of red and green Impact Automotive coolant is bound to have a product that suits your needs. To view the full range of Impact Automotive products, head on over to www.auto1.com.au or visit one of their stores. Auto One is committed to bringing you the brands you know and trust at great prices. Coupled with their team's knowledge and experience, Auto One, it's the one. Hey, uh, speaking of cars worth a lot of money, they are fetching notable coin right now. The bug eyes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know. It was always going to happen, but, you know, like, look we, at the school. Yeah, we had um, a conversation, again, with the same guys that I was talking with the Targa, had a conversation about some rare collecting cars on the weekend. Uh, WRX STI two-doors, only built in 99 and 2000, roughly. Uh, some are selling for eighty to ninety thousand dollars now, and you know how many of those Rigoli cut up? <laughs> yeah, I knew that's why I mentioned. Actually, I knew you'd have a comment about it, but uh, yeah. Anyway, Todd, can I break in here? Can yeah. I just break in? Speaking of those cars, I know I keep plugging the WA Motor Museum here at Whiteman Park. There's actually an STI, not just any yeah. STI. It is a twenty two B on display there as well. Ooh. Yeah. What, what's a 22B when it's... It was a WRC version driven by McRae and Silver oh. from memory. Oh, there you go. And, the actually, real and, deal. and Richard Burns. And I even think it was driven by Tommy Mackinnon at one point too. But correct wow. me if I'm wrong, people. <laughs> There's yes. one of those, an original 22B STI at the oh. WA Motor Museum as well. So You know, if, talking about car values, mm. uh, it's funny... Funny you should mention that because uh, uh, Mick, uh, ex-Overboost, uh, Mick Munro, mm-hmm. yep, he was yep. at my shop uh, a couple of weeks ago and we, we were having a chat about GDRs and oh, yeah. I was completely gobsmacked at, at how much R32, R33 and R34s are fetching. Now, I've got a close oh, friend that's, that's yeah. got a genuine NURB R34, Nürburgring uh, version. And I rang... Yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah, well, I rang him and I said, um, you still got the GDR? And he said, yeah. And I said, have you thought about selling it? He goes, funny you should mention that. So he has been offered 200000 for that mm-hmm. car and he's holding off. Um, they've actually overtaken the R35s now. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. One, one of those, the NUR in a silvery colour. Sold for two hundred and ninety nine American, well, two hundred ninety nine thousand American the other day. There you go, there you go, yeah, there you go. Which is like, well, you can bet back to Australian dollars. 
A billion a, Australian pesos. That's, a yeah, billion. that's a nice house in a nice suburb. Let's put it that way. You know what I mean? It's crazy, yeah. hey. It's crazy that you can buy a 35 for less than a 34. <laughs> that's just unbelievable. Because yeah. I think Mine, a brand new, a brand new Nispro, uh, sorry, Nismo 35 yeah. is like 300. Um, is that correct? 270 something, I think. There you go. There yeah. you go. So Crazy. I was actually leaning to one side and about to say the uh, Evo 5 behind me. Um, there's one that sold the other day for 42,000. It was a little bit special, but. And I had someone offer me 28 and a half for mine the other day, as it was. Wow. I thought that they were worth that, that sort of money. Like, well, they are. And I, I came very close to parting with it. Very, 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 very close. But uh, I can't find another one. So, no, it's not going. Once again, yet. another vehicle that uh, Rigoli is cutting up on a regular basis. <laughs> Stop telling me this. So, <laughs> speaking of the Rigolis, I said to say hello. We actually did a, a bit of a short test with the guys at Jet 275, and they actually happened to be at Rigoli's place. And they were doing <laughs> some magnificent stuff with... They had an Evo there of some description. I don't think it was a five. I don't think it was a six, seven, maybe. Anyway. So, so at the last time attack round, they went down there with, I think, six Evos yeah. and one GDR and uh, an R32 GDR, um, with, all with Rigoli engine and transmission packages in them. And um, basically... Uh, in the finals, that they ha- they ended up having to race each other. Uh, there was one car that um, wasn't from the Rigoli workshop that that made it through. Uh, and in the grand final, it was Dom in the R32 racing uh, a guy in an R35. And uh, the from what Dom told me, he was he was struggling a little bit in third and fourth gear with traction. And he mm. later found out that um, uh, the four-wheel drive setting, which is computer-controlled, was uh, told to go to revert back to two-wheel drive oh mode at 200 kilometres an hour. <laughs> so, so if you see any of the videos, um, he basically gets into the, the uh, third gear and the thing's smoking the tyres. <laughs> Inside the car is showing 270 on the speedo, but it's not, wow. it's not going 270. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they're looking forward to the next round of uh, roll racing over there. Yep. Um, seems like that that sport's really, uh, you know, uh, becoming a, a bit of the, I, I guess, the new drag racing. Um, it it wouldn't surprise me that, that uh, moving forward, we see a lot more people investing money in uh, roll racing over and above um, uh, drag racing. We're seeing oversubscribed fields even here as well in roll racing as well at WA. Yeah, they're, they're, they're continually selling out. So it's great for the, great for them. It's really it's good. I'm actually working on a uh, transmission package at the moment for the GDRs, uh, Turbo 400 uh, setup specifically designed for roll racing. So okay. I'll, let, I'll let you guys know how I go with that one. Yeah, Sounds no, roll good. racing is popular over here. I've had a few, a few of my mates that go quite regularly. Uh, and actually several of them are now building cars purpose built for roll racing. Myself, I haven't been for about probably 18 months, but, um, yeah, I've heard it's, 
they they get more people watching the roll race up at Wanneroo than they do a race meet, which again, mm. just not having a go at Wanneroo, but just is sucks for people racing at Wanneroo. Mm. Like, why can't we get those spectators to watch car, car race meets? Anyway. Because um, people that race cars are sensible individuals as opposed to some of the people that go roll racing. Shout out That's your racing. customer base. Like, Simon, <laughs> come on, man. You know. Hey, guys, on that you know, note. <laughs> you know, it amazes me that, that, that these guys will spend, and, and I'm not exaggerating, right? They'll spend a hundred plus thousand dollars on yeah. their car, but they won't put a roll cage in it to go race at the motorplex. Don't, don't, we won't go down that. that that's just a rabbit, <laughs> rabbit's hole, that one. We're not going to go down that one now. But on our next episode, I want, I want you guys to prepare. We didn't, get, we didn't get to this one, but on our next episode, I actually made notes many. I actually wrote these out many years ago, quite a few years oh. ago now. But this is for one of the topics we're going to talk about. But we're going to, I'm going to postpone it. I'm going to park it, as Damien Barrett would say in the podcast world. I'm going to park it till next week. When is a streetcar? No longer a streetcar. Never. Sorry. When you forget to pay the red Joe. <laughs> yeah. So Hi. anyway, we're gonna we're gonna talk. Look at that. I have this. I wrote this many years ago. So anyway, that's we'll we'll, we'll talk about that on the next episode. Looking forward to it. You, you could you could spend a whole episode on that. Well, maybe we do that. Let's do it. Let's put. You know, it out there. I, I had a bit of a chat to the guys from Street Machine about this just recently. Mm. And, um, you know, their opinion is if you're prepared to drive it on the street, it's a streetcar. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, um, I, I personally feel that those guys are the experts in this field, seeing as they, they, they run the biggest streetcar event uh, in mm. Australia mm. and they have run the biggest streetcar shootouts going back to the 80s. Mm. Um, you know, so... Yeah, I mean, it is a really touchy issue in Western Australia, yeah. um, not just because of the laws, but because of some of the rules at the motorplex. Mm. Uh, but it is what it is, man. Yep. It is what it is. Anyway, we'll put that out. We'll give our listeners a heads up on that one. So I'm going to yeah. put that out on social media beforehand, like a week before we record. So that way everyone can give us their feedback as well. And we're It'd be great to see some, some comments uh, you know, but before we, we uh, uh, record that episode, just yeah. to get gauge what, what other people's opinions is of what is a streetcar and what isn't a streetcar. Mm. Um, you know, when, when I was talking to the guys from Street Machine, they were telling me that um, uh, uh, they'd had a few people say to them that the, um, the drag challenge should run at, um, at airstrips uh, like Kunamundra does. I think that um, because we're seeing more and more of the four-wheel drive guys, um, you know, pouring serious money into their cars, uh, and you know, I mean, we're seeing two thousand plus horsepower uh, RB motors now in these GDRs, and GDRs running deep into the sixes, into the low sixes now. Uh, that uh, you know, that obviously they're going to have the advantage on a runway type uh, prepared surface as opposed to a drag strip where you can, you know, better manage the, the power and, um, yeah. uh, you know, make a good run in a two wheel drive vehicle. Uh, but it is an interesting point. 
there's a show that I watched a while back, uh, Ultimate Car Challenge or something like that. And um, one of the series, the guy that won was in a McLaren. I think it's a MP4 or something. Is that? Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Is that a nine second car? Oh, doubtful. Probably nah. more like tens, mid tens to 11s. No, nah, yeah. I, I thought I they were quicker than the F1. The F1 was a, a 10 1 from memory. I don't no, think so. I thought they were only a, um, a low, low 10 at most. Yeah, the F1. Yeah, 10 1, 10 2, something like that. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's what I thought. I, I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be wrong, but um, maybe it was 11 1. 11 1, 11 2. Maybe the, the new MPs, 10 1, 10 2. I don't know. Nonetheless, there were some serious machines there that look like eight second contenders, but you put them on an unprepared surface and it's a different yeah. story. Mm. You know? So interesting, interesting. It is worth a chat. So we'll put that out there next week and we'll, we'll chew the fat on that. All right, guys. Well, look, thanks again. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll, look, we'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks' time and uh, we'll talk more motorsports, more um, Formula One. Well, probably not, actually. <laughs> but we'll have, another, <laughs> we'll have another couple of MotoGP races by then as well. And um, we'll have, be talking all sorts of things as so well. Before, before we go, how good is MotoGP? Oh, the best. The oh, best yeah. It's been in... It gets better and better every year, and even with all these restrictions and things that you can and can't do, we're seeing we're seeing them rise to the challenge, aren't we? And the riders every, rise to the challenge. Every race, every race, it yep. gets better. Yep. It gets more exciting. It gets crazier. Mm. It is just unbelievable. Mm. Yep. You know, like you would think that JJ the boss was running MotoGP. It's that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, and yeah. on that bombshell. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, we'll end this one here. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning right. in. See you, Nick. See, See you, Todd. See ya. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.